Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Today in history, in 1903, Professor Pierre Curie reveals the discovery of polonium. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your podcast count, Zachary Von Voiceover, and I am here to say that things are pretty good in the Empire. Well, at least they're pretty good from where I'm sitting. My name is Megan, and today I will be your loyal, trustworthy, and steady reporter on history tonight. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that bees are fish, but only in California. I want to get into that, but I also want to point out, Megan, your intro made me just have a total like flashback to the Boy Scouts. Uh, I am an Eagle Scout, <laughs> and my brain went, a scout is loyal, trustworthy, brave, <laughs> like uh, the whole fucking like oath, and I was like, shit. <laughs> but fish? Matt, fish? And his... And his brain will be doing that for the rest of the podcast. I know it'll just be like the Boy Scout, the Boy Scout anthem on loop. The boys, the Boy Scout anthem on loop. <laughs> uh, so essentially, what happened was that local environmentalists fought to classify bees as fish so that they can be protected under the statutes of the California Endangered Species Act. So there are now four species of bumblebee that are labeled as fish for the purposes of saving them from going extinct. I mean, I'm glad they're That's not so going to be going special. extinct. I- I- extinct. Wow. Uh, but I'm very confused. They're not... What? They don't breathe... What is swimming but a different form of flying? No! So, <laughs> from from what <laughs> I can tell, the, the people that were fighting for this legislation... Yeah. Diogenes to the fuck out of like the definitions that were specified in um, the Endangered Species Act, so that they could shoehorn bumblebees. Okay, in there. I like that. Shoehorn them in. Um, I did I not mean... do any like super deep dives on how exactly they diogenized, but it was essentially them walking in with a chicken without feathers going behold a man understood um however i also want to point out megan's point being saying uh i have spoken to my brother who has both swam and also jumped out of planes before and helicopters and he can tell you sailing through the air and swimming are two very different things (laughs) They exactly sure the same are, exactly. is what I they heard. Sure are. are they? I mean, I also want to jump out of a plane in a squirrel suit. Like, that's a dream of mine. But, okay. uh, We're learning a lot about Zach today. <laughs> We're learning a lot. In <laughs> We're learning that and Zach I... does not give any fucks and wants to try high-risk things. Hmm. <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to move along. Okay. <laughs> All right, lovely listeners. Strikes have been set to zero. A game of rock, paper, scissors has been played. The order for tonight is Megan followed by me followed by Zach. 
Wow, that was so rapid fire. Also, I'd like to point out when I did the Today in History, for some reason I said polonium very sarcastically. Like I you didn't did res- say <laughs> you did say polonium like you were waiting for the other shoes. Polonium, like it doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> that was I think I honestly think that the audience will benefit yes. from that delivery of the word polonium. I think that the yeah, world I just like realized. Yeah, I think that the world in general uh benefits from the use of sarcasm. That's fair. I feel like, I don't know, polonium is just a really funny word. Anyway, I'd like to play a game. Oh, uh, uh, are you Saw? I need, you, I need you to do that a little bit less like Jigsaw. I need you to do it a little <laughs> bit more like Jigsaw. Uh, <laughs> I would like to play a game. I can do it game. exactly. Okay, I can do it exactly like I just did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, just do, just do that again. Yeah, let, let's play a game. All right, um, guys. Yeah, imagine if Jigsaw came on and just said it very casually. Yo, gross, you want to play a game? I don't know why I kind of... Yeah, imagine if that little fucking puppet on the tricycle just, like, biked into the room and was like, hey, games? uh, Games? One would be even better is if that little fucker biked into the room and the hands came off the bike and did those stereotypical (laughs) New York Italian hands and was like, hey, you you fuckers want to play a game? All right, I'll I'll do one better. What if he didn't tricycle into the room, but he one wheeled? Ooh, so, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> if it was a unicycle. Okay. So, no, 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 no. You're talking about the electric one wheel. So yeah, what you're yeah, telling me is yeah. I'm imagining this puppet one wheeling in, pulling a vape out of his pocket, ripping yes, some oh sweet, sweet cotton, and just being like, "Oh, yeah. you want to play a game?" Yeah, I he's hate like, this, uh, so he's much, like, and I would implore us to move on with Megan's title for her notes. Um, it's called Pug in Order. <laughs> Pug in Order. Um, so we're gonna play a game and okay. um where where I it's like word associations. Sure. Okay? okay. So you guys tell me what you think when you hear um the these words. So I'm gonna start with the first one. Yeah. Uh Catholic. Shit. Uh, pedophile. Okay, great. Um, cult. Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, mine would have been Kool-Aid. Okay, good. Uh, German. Catholic. It's all I can think about now. Later, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, this is good. I'm liking the, the, like, the difference in between you guys. And finally, pugs. Pugs? Yeah, pugs. Abomination. I don't think of a word. I just think of, like, uh, someone taking a Stretch Armstrong and putting it in a hydraulic press. Okay. Yeah, I think think if I had to associate a sound with it, it would be that one character from fucking Hey Arnold (laughs) that could never breathe right. Oh, yeah, that kid. Yep. And Helga always punched him in the face. Yeah, right in the nose. And I think at one point that actually fixed his breathing. (laughs) Helga, you see. Or like, yeah, Helga like punched him in the nose and he's like, hey, I'm fixed. (laughs) This whole time. My breathing had been a cry for help. (laughs) Uh, Just like pugs. Tell me more Uh, about pugs. So thank you for playing my game. Um, It was a short, un-jigsaw-like game. No one died, thankfully. No one no died. One died Only on the inside, but that of. doesn't count. Okay, it wasn't that bad of a game. 
<laughs> now, let me tell you how all of these things come together in a beautiful yet unexpected gestalt. Uh, in, in 1738, Pope Clement XII said that Catholics could not become Freemasons, which was really rude of him to do. Uh, like, even, even if, like, Catholics didn't want to become Freemasons, the fact of the matter was that they were now banned from, from having this option. Okay, so you- And I'm all about keeping your options You open. can't join one cult if you're in another cult, I understand. Yeah, oh, you have yeah, to have cult exclusivity. A... The fuck is that called? A, uh... Cult conflict. Of <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. There's an actual. You don't realize it, but as you take a communion wafer and you're at wafer, you're actually signing an NDA to not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's actually yeah, the non-compete clause. Yeah, I think I remember learning that in catechism class somewhere. Yeah. And then we were um, when you were going for like confirmation, it's like. Yeah, it's exactly don't, like that. This yeah, is a non-complete, non-complete. Yeah, I never actually got yeah. confirmed, so I can compete all the fuck I want. I Neither didn't did either. I. So, hey, oh, we all, we're all competitive. We're all sinners in the <laughs> eyes of God, and I love it. Amen, brother. My brother um, in Christ. My brother in Christ. Amen. So, in 1740, a gentleman by the name of Clemens August, oh Duke God. of Bavaria, said. Fuck that, and founded a paramasonic society called the Order of the Pug. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. Here's the thing: if you're gonna start a cult, give it something better yeah. of a mascot than a fucking pug. But please continue. No, oh my dude. god, no, Zach. This, this is, is perfect. It's perfect. Why? It's perfect because it's an abomination. I understand, but at least like if you picked a <laughs> Chihuahua, that's a demon spawn. No. You know, to be fair, I don't think they knew it. A, I don't know when the Chihuahua was um, invented. Born. I'm fairly certain that a pug <laughs> is an eldritch being that simply existed. Okay. Okay. So I did get really distracted, and I wanted to know um, how long the Chihuahua has been around, <laughs> and I could not find it. How long has Chihuahua been around? How long Chihuahua? Have- Siri. Oh, yeah, so it's noted that they've only been around since the mid-19th century. They could not be the Order of the Chihuahua. Okay. Confirmed. I'm sorry. Like, this is a history podcast. We're dedicated to the facts. Uh, but we... why Why the pug is what you're asking. Is that what, what it comes down yes, to? Yes, absolutely. That... That's what I'm asking. Well, just like my intro, they are loyal, trustworthy, and steady. I mean, have you seen a pug? So, There's an entire TikTok dedicated to a pug who can't be steady, so we decide what the day is going to be. <laughs> it's a no-bones day. So, I mean, <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, like, they're true paragons of dog society, bones or no-bones. Correct. Anyway, while there's really no reliable, like, information that has been, like, firsthand passed down by the society itself, about the origins of the Order of the Pug, it is believed that it was founded in France, and from there it spread to the Netherlands and Germany. Of course, the fucking French. Remember, <laughs> I'm so, what they come on, dude. They're subverting the Catholics. You love that. I know, but I don't. Ah, uh, this puts me in a pickle. Because do I love subverting the Catholics more? Or do I hate the French more? I don't know. Okay. This puts you in okay. a I'll be honest with you, Zach. Yeah. We can like some French. You're right. That's when true, they can. subvert Catholicism. The French as a whole, as a nation, 
you get me on this yeah. one. I'll give you that. Yeah, give them something, all right? She's eating Surrender Monkey. So if, know how normally you X things out on a bingo card? This time, circle it. That's a special spot. Just yeah. a special <laughs> spot for the French this one time. Well, it can be, it can turn into a free spot. Yeah. Yeah. For this one, for this one episode. So it spread to different, different Western European countries. And members called themselves Mops, which is German for pug. Okay. And I. Yeah, and each lodge had both a female and male lodge master who called themselves Grand Pugs and took turns running the lodge every six months. I hate absolutely everything that you just said. I only love one thing that you said, and that was equality between men and women. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that you picked up on that. Also, please only refer to me as Megan the Grand Pug from now on. functions of the order such as secretaries and overseers were also filled by both male and female members but um overall the grand master of the lodge was always male and like i guess i'll take it you know the fact that they were letting women in to begin with and that they did hold positions of power is more than most other secret catholic cults were doing in the day you gotta you gotta take it where you can get it exactly take what wins you can (laughs) Yeah, that's true. However, in 1748, the order was banned by um, Göttingen University because the school didn't like the fees and control that the venerable order of the pug was exerting over the student body. And after a government investigation, because I guess the German government really had nothing better to do, the order was closed at the school. Womp womp. Um, Womp womp, you know? Like, they... (laughs) I'm sure there were other things happening in Germany at the well, time. Well, I was going to say at university, maybe not, but it is Germany, so I guess yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's always something brewing, <laughs> especially because Germans there's... love beer. Hey, they... hey, that was like a that wasn't even a low hanging fruit. That was like a sideways yeah. hanging fruit. Like I didn't even see it coming. It was out of nowhere. It was out of nowhere. Um, so, in general, many German sources say that the order didn't last that long, but reportedly, the order was alive in Lyon as late as 1902, so maybe they were, the, like, the one last pug theme strong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of, like, these fucking pug holdouts. Like, they'll never take, they'll never take our pug society. See, now you've, yeah, you, you, you you have that image, but I have the image of, because you said pug holdouts in this stronghold of, like, the Praetorian Guard, but pugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but or only fucking, pugs. Or fucking Helm's Deep with pugs. <laughs> yeah, just picture, like, any very nightmare. dramatic, like, Knights Templar situation. <laughs> but with and pugs. And replace it with pugs. <laughs> it's the Crusades all with pugs. die because they can't breathe. Yeah, so they're very loud. Just uh, yeah. A pug can't even hold a they're fucking like, sword. To... <laughs> I used to... <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's your point of contention. Well, yeah. How that's are they going to crusade like, if they can't hold a sword? We're talking We're that's talking true. about completely hypothetical situations where a pug would be <laughs> like, or like a, a fucking theatrical 
piece of work where a pug is just the main character in a crusade. And Zack's point of contention isn't the fact that they die from the exertion. It's that they can't hold the swords to begin with. He's not wrong. (laughs) They cannot. Uh, Zack? I would like to point your attention back to the uh, the Dark Souls games, which you've played, Ugh. or at least know and about, hate... and that one wolf that can carry okay, the don't, fucking don't, sword don't, in its Okay, mouth. first off, don't bring Sif into this conversation. I don't yeah, like Dark Souls, but I can stand Sif. Sif is the goodest of boys, protecting over his corrupted master as best as he can. He is a good boy. He is also all's, fucking huge. All's I'm saying is you can put a fucking you can put a fucking toothpick in a pug's okay. mouth, and it's the same thing as it holding. No, it's sword. not because it's a true. Sif is gigantic. <laughs> I'm getting very deep into this. I apologize. He's, he's getting he's getting so rant starting he's in like... three, two, one, fucking go. Sif is huge. He's like ten times the size of the player character not only that but he is a wolf-like dog therefore has much longer snout have you seen a pug there is no fucking snout on that piece of shit however i understand your point yeah (laughs) okay listen they could definitely hold a butter knife in their mouth that was a whole fucking they could hold a butter knife anyway i'm not done with this story um, I would like to describe their initiation ritual, oh which is why I'm here telling you. Yeah. Initiate me, Megan. So, off, sis. Yeah, Go I'm off. about to initiate you. So if you wanted to be, you know, in the order of the pug, um, you had to first wear a dog collar and had yes. to. Yes, daddy. Kinky, I love it. Wear a dog collar and had to scratch at the door to be admitted inside. I do that now. Well, you are almost there because there are other steps. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I also just want to note for the uh, the edification of my fellows here, I am posting in our general notes chat a picture of what pugs used to look like. Oh, oh the didn't gosh. they have bigger schnozzes? Bigger, they have yeah. bigger schnozzes. Bigger schnozzes. Okay, so then after they wore the dog collar and were admitted inside, the novices were blindfolded and led nine times around a carpet with symbols on it while the pugs of the order barked loudly to test the steadiness of the newcomers. Okay. Uh, yeah. During the ceremony, the novices also had to kiss a porcelain pug's asshole in an expression of devotion to the order. Okay, so I'm I'm out. Okay, I'm no, out. no, no, no. You didn't have to kiss a real pug's asshole, just a porcelain one. Yeah, no, 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 no. A, I get it, but like it's a porcelain pug. How many mouths have been on that porcelain pug's asshole? Okay, it's literally the 1740s. Like, there's cholera oh, right. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Germ theory isn't a thing. <laughs> Germ theory hasn't been invented. Here's yet. my thing, though. As much as you yeah. say you're out, Matt, if yeah. this was in a modern day society, you know, mm-hmm. barring the uh, pandemic that has happened or is happening, yeah. um, I'd be into it for the sole reason that I, I never joined a fraternity in college because we didn't have them in college. But this sounds pretty fucking mild compared to most frat shenanigans. This is, this yeah, is true, it's like yeah. mild. It's fine. Um, So finally, the initiate was asked to see the light and the blindfold was removed. The members would then stand in a circle with the novice in the middle while um, that dude like held either a rapier if they were a man or a mirror if they were a woman with a pug in the other hand. And 
not a real pug. I think it was a porcelain. I mean, either way, it's dogs and swords, and I'm kind of about it. <laughs> they didn't just plop a whole a whole ass dog in this person's hand, though. Um, so during the Rococo period, they also had to learn hand signals and slogans because no secret Catholic cult is complete without them. Um, and I hope that the Order of the Pug actually is still out there somewhere bringing both pugs and order to this messy world. So here's what I'll say. If there isn't an order of the pug, can we start a cult? <laughs> I would love to. Honestly, like, as as far as cults go, this one seems really chill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like just lodge activities are like, all right, get in the puppy playpen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, hell yeah. Oh my god, we're furries. No, fuck no! Oh, you no. ruined it, Matt! <laughs> You've Sorry. ruined it. Sorry. Why would you do that? I'm sorry. How could God. you do such a thing? That's okay. Every time I play, fun fact, every time I play Stellaris, I run exactly one empire, and it's called the Imperial Furcon, and my people are called furries, and all of my planet colonies are named after furcons that happen around the United States. I fucking hate that, but I love it. Why? It's so clever, Zach. I mean, it's the same thing as me when I play Civ Six and make my religion always big goth titties. So what can I yeah, say? You can't even talk. You cannot even talk. But don't you also worship the big goth titties? <laughs> I Doesn't guess everyone? Not. Anyway, I should also, probably I should probably step in now. Yeah, you should probably take us away. You should probably take this away from us now. Listeners who have been with us for a while know that Papa Matt loves a good war story. Loves and a good he war is story. never so in his element as when he is talking about his favorite of the wars, World War II. Nice. Unfortunately, we are not talking about World War II today. We are instead talking about the prequel, <laughs> which had the same good guy and bad guy, but with way different directors. <laughs> I love that stance on those wars so much. It's really, uh, it's really a hot take. That it's you like the said. first one. The first one was <laughs> show me the lie, though. I, there is. I'm no trying lie. to think of like a good, like director for World War One, and the best I can come up with is Guy Ritchie because there's really no good guy, there's really no bad guy, and you don't really know what's going on at every turn. So World mm-hmm. War One definitely Guy Ritchie film. World War Two, yeah. Quentin Tarantino flick the whole fucking way. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so to set the stage, it is the 23rd of August in the year of our Lord, 1914. Uh, the location is a town called Mons in Belgium. Mons. I don't know if it's pronounced that way, but that's Thank how I'm going to... Thank That's you I'm for putting say. a spicy spin yeah. on it. It's been a while since I've tried to add any tang to anything. No, I like it. Um... So the engagement that I'm going to be talking about takes place between the British Expeditionary Force, or the BEF, and Advancing German Troops. Also, it's a fucking terrible acronym, BEF. Ugh. It, the BEF. The B-E-F. The B-E-F. Oh, it's the B. Where's the okay, beef? That, that's better. It's the beef. Yeah, if only they had an extra E in there. Uh, it's the beef. I'm calling them the beef. But they didn't. We'll call them the beef. Uh, so the beef troops were outnumbered, and so it looked very likely that the Germans were just going to overtake their position. But somehow, some way, the English prevailed and outflanked the German contingent, sending them running for the hills. 
Now, obviously, this alone isn't worth uh, me telling you anything about this. But you'd be right, because as it turns out, when the beef told their story to the papers... Actually, the beef didn't tell their story to the papers. But when the papers got a hold of this story, it was rumored that the uh, that the beef had help in this fight. They had uh, they had a hand. Someone gave them a helping hand. Uh, I would like to take this time now to ask my lovely uh, co-stars here, my co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Co-stars. Uh, what Thank what you. help do you believe they? Had? I'm not gonna lie. Uh, if it's the uh-huh. French, I'm going to fucking murder you. I will tell you this, Zach. No one could get me to praise the French after we just praised Okay, the I'm just saying, like, That's if we true. had to praise the French twice on one episode, it would be the French I episode. I think we would have to end the podcast. I think we would have to. We actually we would, would name We would name the podcast The French Connection, <laughs> and we would end the podcast on that one. Stop. <laughs> uh, see, I would have so just called the episode What that- the Fuck History in French. But yeah, except it wouldn't be actually in French. It would just be your best approximation of a French accent. <laughs> yeah, too many vowels <laughs> and not a single one of them making sense. So, Zach, do you have a guess of what help? You said they were in Belgium, the, uh, right? The beef might have gotten. Yeah. Um, they did not get help from sentient waffles. <laughs> that wasn't my guess. I was just gonna say the Belgium that people. That was my next guess. Uh, the Belgian people. You that's a that's a great guess. Uh Megan. Uh I'm gonna say G Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jesus. Uh you're so close. Uh they got help from angels. Oh, oh God. God intervened. The Christian God. <laughs> The Catholic Jesus. Catholic um, so they Jesus, got. Is that you? They got some help from angels, according to reports. Um, whose re- whose reports? Who? What drunk ass reporter was out there being like, "I don't fucking." The know. same it people that angels. thought that angels and baseball would go together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For right. sure. For sure. I um I have the answer to that question actually, Megan. It was a gentleman by the name of um Arthur. Uh, I've taken German in high school and college, so his last name just makes me think Machen, uh, which it very well could be, except I'm pretty sure he's British, so it might just be Machen. That was also a class I told you not to go to. Yeah, that was a class he told me not to go to in um, in school. He wrote a fictional uh, short story wherein one of the British soldiers prays to St. George 
uh, to lend his aid. And then after his prayers are answered, phantom bowmen begin to appear on the battlefield to help repel the advancing German forces. My favorite type of bowman. So, um, the name of the sh- uh, story that pertained to this was the bowman. That I mean, that that sparked this whole rumor. And the reason that it sparked a rumor is because Arthur himself had been writing um, information on the skirmishes that had occurred in the prequel to World War Two so far. But when he wrote his story, The Bowman, he forgot to add, like, the hashtag that it was fiction. <laughs> so he wrote, like, The Bowman, hashtag facts. Hashtag, like, he, it was hidden in the tags, you know? Yeah, yeah. And nobody scrolled all the way down to see the tags at the end, like, hashtag yeah. made up, hashtag fiction, hashtag... Hashtag uh, uh, biblically my accurate head, angels. Headcanon. Yeah, hashtag my own headcanon. My um, own headcanon. So he, he, so he writes this fictional story. He forgets to label. Yeah, he just forgets to label it as a fictional story. And so one of the British papers, thinking that this is more information about the fight, just print it. Oh gosh. Uh, they just pick it up and they're like, yeah, we're just doing do that. It. So what you're telling me is at this point, the English thought that they had God and anime on their side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or at well, least just God. It's just a fact. Yeah, no. Um, at least some part of the English uh, thought, <laughs> thought that they had God, if not anime on their side. Um, and slash or anime on their side. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they were, some of them were just like, hey, what's anime? And someone said, shut up. Yeah. Shut up, we got it's it. It's another hand of God. Shut up. As I mentioned, Machin had been reporting on the events at Mont, and other newspapers began to run his story as if it was fact, which led to a bit of a sticky wicket, as the British would say. Mm-hmm. They're a little confused. Why? What happened? Mm-hmm. You're confused or they're no, confused? No, they were confused. They, they were, were not like... confused, Megan. God came down from the heavens in the form of an angel uh, and smote the Germans as oh. he did during World War II, time and time and time again. Oh. You know what you know what's sad? Um I feel like this is just a campaign slogan in like Georgia or something. <laughs> it absolutely is. Oh God will smite thee if you do not be God careful. will smite my enemies. God will enemies. send his angel Gabriel to plunge the sword into your sin. <laughs> God uh, so at a certain Ten. point after uh the story of the Bowman gains legs and kind of runs out on its own. Machin gets approached by other members of the press and even members of the clergy and asks if uh, the clergy members ask if his story can be printed in pamphlet form, which he says yes. But the clergy also does a very interesting thing, which is uh, they ask for more information about his sources and he's like my eyes and faith and he he responds by saying that he has no sources because they don't exist because it was an entirely made up story damn dude devastating he doesn't devastating to the movement he doesn't like try and 
ride the wave of this story. So he just he just sits there and goes, yeah, no, I made it up. And uh, you know what the clergyman said to him? What? Don't don't tell other people that. Hashtag not my truth. <laughs> and they printed they printed his story anyways. But of course, because they're clergy, um, they made it an angelic presence um, clad in white armor. Okay. So Machin himself uh, then wrote the introduction for a book that I can't remember the name of, but it entailed uh, stories from World War One. I. I think it was called like the Phantom Bowman and other legends of the war, um, but I could be wrong. But anyways, Another completely he... unmade up. Other made up <laughs> bullshit from World War One. But he he wrote the introduction, and in the introduction he said, "It seemed that my light fiction had been accepted by the congregation of this particular church as the solidest of facts, and it was then that it began to dawn on me that I had failed in the art of letters." I had succeeded unwittingly in the art of deceit. This happened, I should think, sometime in April, and the snowball of rumor that was then set rolling has been rolling ever since, growing bigger and bigger, till it is now swollen to a monstrous size. Damn, that is some impressive So he basically just writes this whole introduction that's like, I lied to everyone. And now it's gotten too big for me to put a cap on it. But he didn't even do the lying, which is really interesting, because he just wrote a story and forgot to hashtag it as fiction. Someone lied for me, and I feel real bad. <laughs> Someone so lied for sorry. him, and then the clergy got a hold of it, and they went, yeah, we're going to take this back to our place. And, f- and have our way with fuck. it. Fuck. And have our uh, way with it. And then we're just going to move the priests around so that you can't figure out which one of us was diddling your story. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so it got too real about it... both the clergy and the police. <laughs> um, so once the church got a hold of it, there were obviously differing accounts on whether it was Phantom Longbowmen or if it was Angelic they start, Warriors. All the nerds start getting into it. They're like, well, what kind of bows were yeah. the angels using? The Battle of, uh, no, because originally the story was of Phantom Bowman. It was one angel with a huacha. Yeah. <laughs> one angel. Have you seen how much a huacha can fuck people up? Oh my god. Well, he's an angel, so. He is an yeah, angel. but a huacha is like, well. hi, let's take a hundred arrows and stick fireworks on their ass and see how far they go. Zach, sure. what aren't you getting? It's an angel. Power of God. <laughs> Power of God in a huacha. In a huacha. Um, no, so anyways, because his original tale had been Phantom Bowman, and then the clergy got a hold of it, and they were like, it was angels from heaven. The the war went on uh, about whether or not it was angels or if it was Phantom Longbowman. And of course, none of it was confirmed because none of it was true until... Until uh, they found a diary where a man mentioned having seen an angelic presence clad in white armor, but they're pretty sure that he did that for the lulls. I was going to say, you got ghosts in your army. You should do cocaine about yeah. it. <laughs> you should do cocaine about it. Uh, but since then, I'm sure they people, already were. since then, people have theorized that the British likely won because they were uh, more well-versed in the terrain. And they were just able to hold their ground better. And then, as I mentioned, 
they had outflanked the Germans at a certain point. Uh, but who knows? Maybe there were angels in the outfield. Hey, there it is. Maybe. No, there, there definitely weren't. weren't. There might have been anime in the outfield, which is they, not a story. There definitely they... was anime. There was just a random yeah. titan in the outfield. Picture the Imperian. Oi. Using a using a huacha. Using a huacha. Uh, uh, no, I love that though. I I, I, I love I don't love the clergy doing their way with things, but I do love when a story gets out of control and the first guy who actually reported it was like, no, 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 you don't realize, like, I'm sorry, this was a mistake, but, like, okay. Well, yeah, I also love that, like, the clergy did approach him and they went, like, hey, can we put this in pamphlets? Hey, can and he we was use like, your yeah, story? yeah, you can, except don't label it as the truth. And the clergyman that talked to him was basically like, but it is the truth. But it's not. And the, and the source is just your eyes because you were there. But I wasn't was there. Like, no, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. He's like, these are secondhand accounts from, from random so people just, who thought they so, saw angels. It's just so interesting. Oh, I love it. I love He's it. like, I'm not going to call myself a liar. I just took a lot of creative licenses. I'm not a liar. I'm just a writer. It's what I do. I'm just a writer. They're different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck. But anyways, that's my great story. That's when I'm going to start screaming at people. Like, they're they're going to be like, can you help me? And I'm going to be like, I'm just a writer. <laughs> that's my excuse for everything. You kidding me? I saw, like, a post where it was, like, date yourself a writer because they'll procrastinate by cleaning the house and doing the dishes and all the busy work that you want done but you never do before they actually edit a goddamn word. I prefer editing to, like, getting anything started. Oh, see, I'd I'd rather just write shit and then never edit it. Oh my god! But like exactly. I'm, I, I'm more of a poet writer than I am. Actually, I, I, I'm writing novels right now, so like I can't say anything. But like my preferred uh, method is poetry. So it's like, mm, let me just spew shit on the paper, and I bet you it sounds good. Let me throw up right now. <sighs> but does it, Zach? Uh, I hate to be the podcast dad, but I do have to ask you to tell your story. Okay, absolutely. Okay. Um, <laughs> he sounds so contrite. <laughs> okay dad <laughs> thanks dad uh lads ladies and all of those lads. in between because it is pride month fuck yeah oh shit it, it is. is pride month fuck yeah um we at the triumvirate and what the fuck history love us some ottoman empire bullshit am i right <laughs> we haven't been there in a while <laughs> no and for those slack-jawed rubes out there the ottoman empire was one of the most top-notch empires to date their glorious run built it so much furniture <laughs> fuck go <laughs> fuck yourself megan that's a strike ah that's a strike for sure oh that wasn't even my joke that was eddie izzard so i was actually very classy well that up. eddie uh... you get a fucking strike <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I don't get the strike, everyone. You no. deflect the strike. I'm, I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of Megan finding a way to skirt her way out of strike. No, but you see, you deserve the strike for stealing Eddie Izzard's But joke. the strike skirting is such an art form that I feel like I want to allow it. I just want to make sure that we're 
in an okay place because I don't know if Eddie Izzard changed his name. I also don't know if Eddie Izzard is a good fella. Uh, Eddie Izzard is uh, an amazing comedian. Okay. Um, he's the one that wears uh, dresses on stage. Okay, cool. I absolutely love... Uh, he was being interviewed one time, and the interviewer was like, you're known for famously wearing women's dresses on stage. And he's like, they're not women's dresses. I paid for them. They're my dresses. <laughs> they're Hell my yeah. dresses. Thank so, you. That's really Okay, great. well, Dad, upon your request, I appreciate the Eddie yeah, Izzard no, like, uh, commentary, but I'm going to get into it. Thank you. You get, you yeah, go for it, son. For Son. all the slack-jawed rubes who don't know what the fuck is going on, uh, the Ottoman Empire, their glorious run lasted more than 600 years and uh, pretty much only fell due to signing on with Germany in secret during World War One, Or, as our podcast dad, because Matt is podcast dad and I am podcast daddy because daddy is a state of mind, according to Pedro Pascal... <laughs> That's that's true. I've never thought about it. Daddy is. It is a state of mind, and don't you worry, listener at home, I am your daddy. <laughs> He's like, I'm in it. As our podcast dad, Matt, would say, the war so nice, they did it twice. Yes, absolutely. Fun note, absolutely. Uh, the Ottoman Empire was about the same size as the Macedonian Empire of my boy Alexander the Great. You know, for scale, because we all need something to measure against. That's true. Sometimes it's a banana. Sometimes it's Alexander the Great. You never know. Okay. You should, one, one is a lot smaller. <laughs> what's, yeah, what's the scale? How many bananas can fit into an Alexander I'm the Great? I'm not doing that yeah. math. We'll have, find, we'll have to find Coward! a conclusion table. But needless to say, the Ottoman Empire knew how to fight and they knew how to win. And that is the important thing in the story today. Because these guys sure loved to win. However, I wish to speak about one of their easiest, and in my humble opinion, best wins in their long history. <laughs> top oh. 10 Ottoman Empire military wins. <laughs> it's a BuzzFeed article about the top 10 Ottoman Empire battles, yes. And yeah, it's, and it's it, just this one over and over again. It's not a listicle you expected to see from BuzzFeed, but, you know, they like to branch yeah. out sometimes. So the year is 1788, to set the scene. And the Holy Roman Emperor, that's right, baby, we're getting the HRE involved, so it's going to be a hoot. The Holy Roman Emperor Joseph II, I don't know if it's Joseph or Joseph, I don't know. Or I think, I think for comedy's sake, it needs it's to It's going to be Joseph. So Joseph II, Holy Roman Emperor, is launching his second campaign against the Ottoman Empire. Because that bitch really wanted Belgrade for some reason. And also because yeah. the Holy Roman Emperor had a thing against Islamic people. But, you know, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> we should, but we but won't. But we won't. Not yet, because there's a lot to cover. So, the Austrian army, under the command of the wonderfully named... Are you ready for it? Yes. General Gustav Wilhelm von Walterschben... Oh my goodness, you said so that. many names. I love that journey for him. Or as I will forever be referring to him as General G. Willie. Yes! General, yes. General G. Willie of the Austrian Empire under the HRE leads 800,000 men strong in an army. 
instead of Belgrade being the target this time, it is Romania. Because the HRE dickbag was like, oh, let's go save Hungary and start another campaign. Because it's just guys being dudes starting wars. Just guys being dudes. Just all these guys being Committing moitas. So this army was big, but it also was exhausted and quite frankly low on morale due to the fact that there was a lot of disease running around and kind of circulating throughout the army. You have 800,000 people sitting in one spot together. You're bound to have a disease or two continue to pop up. Uh, just a few. Just a few. Um, so it's like the wave, but with disease. <laughs> it's like a wave, but with vomit. <laughs> Ew, no. So this sickness was like plaguing the whole group. And finally, as they marched their sick asses, not in like a cool way, but in like a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. They marched it and they finally make it to the valley of, and I'm going to butcher this because there's a lot of like Turkish and Islamic words in here that I'm not familiar with. Um, Steve, That's get fair. on it. But yeah, hey, Steve. Steve, please, please fucking bail me out. Um, but they marched to the valley of Karen's bees. Uh, and this is where things start to fall apart even more. This big-ass army ends up camping near the Temis River and le- learning that the Turkish army was nearby th- to their position. Uh, it happened to be a very dark night, and the moon, peering ever so slightly from the clouds, offered way in the little in the way of light. Sorry. Yes? Zach, I hate to do yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Are you about to tell a story about how they fought themselves? Yeah. I already no. told this story. No, you didn't! Yes, I When? Like, ten podcasts ago? Fuck me up the ass with a roll of quarters. That's it. We're done. Good night. I'm no longer talking about this. Oh, my God. I was positive you had not talked about this. Oh, my God, guys. This is a podcast first, but Zach totally got halfway through a story that I already told. No. No. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am 100% positive. I I didn't go into... I didn't go into near as much detail as you have. Okay. Uh, but I definitely told a story about how they they run over the river. Yeah. And then they get and drunk then, and then they shoot and at themselves. Then they get drunk and then they start shooting at each other. Yep. I told this story. Oh shit. But you know what? Because I am a professional, a goddamn professional, I have a tiny story to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have to go back and check the notes, but I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that I told this. Story. If you did not tell this story, um, uh, my dad says he remembers. I don't, and he's got a mind like a steel trap. I don't trap. remember this episode. Well, I think like also, I didn't remember either because you, obviously, you guys have different cadences. We have different of, narration styles. Yeah, you have different narration styles. So I was like. Okay, the Ottoman Empire, you know. Yeah, you had Jack gotten... started all the way back at the Ottoman yeah. Empire. I was like, you want to hear about these dumb fucks that got drunk? And... Yeah, right. yeah, because now I remember it. I remember Z- you telling a Zach, story about uh, drunk. feel free to tell us this other little story. Listeners, you, you just got a once-in-a-lifetime treat because we will now be putting plans in place to make sure that never happens again. I was going to say, I mean, oh, jeez. Okay. So I'm so sorry to have taken the wind out of uh, your the sails fully fucking taken away from. Sorry. Uh, 
Oh, jeez. Okay. All right. I'm going to make this a little Tell bit snappy because it's fun. Um, but right. basically, and I, I don't have any notes on this, so I am just fucking winging it. Imagine if this is another thing that I've already It's not. About. I know it's not. Okay. 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 I, Zach, this is why we have to stay out of his... Out of his uh, like, yeah, stay out time. of World Wars! I did stay out of World Wars! It was before the you World Wars! You can't even be near wars I'm. I'm, I'm gonna get it. to a point where I'm just taking all the I wars know. stories. Oh, no. Hi, I'm the podcast dad, and if you've got a story about war, I'll tell it. God. Gods. All right. Fuck. Tell us, tell us this snappy story. Okay. I'm so It's a sorry. little so, funny. It's a little funny. I'll take three strikes and I'll just. <laughs> okay. Um. Here's the thing. Uh. D Day was yesterday, or rather, the uh anniversary of D Day was yesterday. So I am going to speak about a specific ship that did a fantastic thing on D Day. D-Day happens, everybody is storming the beaches of Normandy and Omaha Beach, and there is one little ship that could, the USS Texas. And some of you might be familiar with this story because it's a great story, and some people have actually talked about it, so thank you for doing it. Um, But the USS Texas was providing fire, cover fire, from its spot in the ocean, Uh, And as it was doing so, it realized that it was a little bit too far out from the beach in order to actually provide proper cover fire to do so. As I said, they were providing gunning support uh, for soldiers at Omaha Beach and nearby, uh, it's a French word, so please pardon me, uh, Pointe du Hoc. Um, And basically these, again, they were firing like 34 rounds a minute uh and it's these gigantic shells and they're realizing that they're not getting far enough so what do the men of the uss texas do well they oh continue megan sorry bigger guns they don't get bigger guns they get what they do instead is they actually start flooding parts of the ship on like very specific parts of the ship in order to have the ship tilt on its side and fire further into the air, therefore letting the artillery shots arc higher and hit the beaches. Oh, that's clever. So the 280 millimeter guns on the USS Texas normally have a 40,000 yard range, 22.7 miles for those who don't want to do the math. Um, Maximum range of 23 uh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2,300 yards, 13 miles, compared to a 14-inch gun. Um, but the USS Texas shot a whole lot farther than the 40,000-yard like, range just to hit the beach. And again, they did this by flooding parts of the ship so that it would tip on its side, allowing the guns to shoot further into the air and arc and hit the beach. It's pretty good. And that, that's my tiny story. It's not much. It's like, it was at best a today in history, but you know what? It's all I had prepared. I, I think it's good. Um, do you do you want me to tell you a fun little story about uh, radiation? Yes, I do. All right, I'll make this quick. Also, I feel so bad for, like, apparently fucking up. (laughs) 
no, you're you're perfectly fine. I'll make this story quick, but I've been uh, pretty obsessed with uh, radiation lately. I don't know why. I have no explanation for myself, and that's fine. Um, so I was reading this book called Atomic Disasters, and they were like, hey, some of the first, you know, documented uh, instances of acute radiation poisoning was actually in Bohemia um, with miners who would uh go up into these mines and like be exposed to radon gas and they thought evil dwarves were cursing them they'd be like get off my mountain uh so my story takes place uh really briefly in the ozarks in missouri where these three hunters were out on a trip and they had lost their dog in one of the holes like a rabbit hole um and they're like oh fuck like we gotta go get this dog And when they were looking for it, they came across a cave and they went in and it was really strange. It was filled with like this almost perfect silvery material. And the further they went in, they started like not hallucinating, but like their vision started blacking out and like one of them fainted and um, like they, they essentially had to run out of the cave. Because there was a lack of oxygen, but what they had actually run into was a very pure uranium ore mine. Damn, okay. And they did start uh, experiencing acute radiation sickness because the one that they had to pull out of the cave that had blacked out from the lack of oxygen... um, His skin started peeling off, so they thought like he had been cursed and in the cave i think i would have been felt cursed too like if my skin starts peeling off i don't think ooh, bad rock i think bad vibes (laughs) yeah yeah and and the reason why there wasn't really any oxygen in the cave anymore is because it had all been replaced with with radon highly concentrated radon gas and that's my story Well, I mean, I almost died of inhaling too much CO2, and that was pretty shitty, so I think dying- What what was that? When did you do that? Oh, I accidentally took off the wrong pipe at work, and it busted the CO2 main line, and I tried to fix it. Oh, And they were like, oh, yeah, you just breathed in CO2 for like two and a half minutes straight. And I said, I should be dead. Oh, Oh, you know. Casual. Casual. I like how Matt gave himself three strikes. I know. But I think we are wrapping up our uh, terrible, terrible mess of a podcast right now, at least on my end. Uh, so Listen, I don't think it was a mess. I, I liked, liked it, it, too. That's why we call it, that's why it's what the fuck history. Yeah, what, what the fuck, Zachary, is the question today. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Zachary? Am I allowed to come yeah, back yes, in? Please, please, I was, you were allowed <laughs> to come back in the whole time. I was going to invite what you What do you mean in? the whole time? You're the one who gave yourself yeah. the strikes. I gave myself the strikes, but the rule is you don't talk till the end of the podcast. Well, it's the end of the mm-hmm. podcast. All right. Well, then I guess I should probably butt in and say the following. What the fuck, history? what you hear from the triumvirate productions and what the fuck history we encourage you to tell a friend we don't pay for any ads so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us you can find us on facebook at the triumvirate productions on twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on instagram at 
the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.